Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we've got two amazing guests today. One of them involved in breaking news, something that'll be happening tonight in Farmington, Michigan. If you remember, before the Christmas break, there was a revelation here on Just the News by our good reporting team, Natalia Middlestadt and Greg Piper, that in the suburbs of Detroit, in Farmington, Michigan, the school district held a 21-day equity challenge, it was called. The goal here was to inject the basics of critical race theory into a school community-wide activity to get white students to accept the possibility that they are oppressors, to get uh, minority students to understand or believe that they might be oppressed and that skin color is the predeterminant for so much of this. A lot of people spoke out. It, It created an uproar. And tonight, in the first Farmington School Board meeting in Michigan since the revelation of that 21-day equity challenge exercise in the school board and the school-wide community in Farmington. There is going to be a school board meeting tonight and protesters, Moms for America, Mom Force, as their subdivision is called. They're out there protesting, big names, parents talking. We're covering it live, but you're going to get an exclusive preview of what's going to happen. Why? Because Tamara Farah, the executive director of Mom Force, the group running the protest, the group confronting the school board tonight, is here early to tell us what's going on. You're going to enjoy that interview. Then my good friend, Cash Patel, is coming on. He is the former national security, one of the top national security advisors to President Trump and handled most of President Trump's counterterrorism activities, including the effort to kill the Iranian terrorist General Soleimani. The Iranians are now talking about a payback for that operation, and we're here to talk to Cash about that. A lot of news going on in that front. Speaking of news, a lot of important things to pay attention to. We referenced this yesterday in our interview with Jim Jordan, the congressman from Ohio, that we had this memo, this document from Mark Elias, the 
really the most important election lawyer in the Democratic Party, very well respected in Democratic circles. He's the man who supervised the Christopher Steele dossier project, so keep that in mind for the Hillary Clinton campaign. But he's involved in almost all things election when it comes to national Democrats, perhaps one of the most influential lawyers in the entire Democratic liberal movement. And he wrote a memo, an article in March 2020 called The Four Pillars for electoral success. And in that article that we've now posted, that we've now made available to you at Just the News and the story that I wrote with Aaron Kliegman this morning, you will see one of the four pillars was to try to legalize, you got it, you know what's coming, right? Harvesting, ballot harvesting, the very activity now that Brad Raffsenberger is in Georgia investigating the Secretary of State possibility that there was some cheating that went on. Again, it's an allegation. It's not been proven yet, but there's some compelling evidence, video footage, phone records, an eyewitness participant, whistleblower, whatever you want to call them. That's what True the Vote conservative election nonprofit is saying they have. They're turning that over. Well, if there is something that went rogue, if there was a bad operation, some cheating going on, it's important to understand that before that happened, that there were forces in the Democratic Party who wanted to legalize a practice ballot harvesting that is mostly outlawed in the battleground states. It's illegal in California, of course, because all things liberal are legal in California. But in other states like Georgia, like Wisconsin, like Michigan, like Pennsylvania, it is frowned upon an illegal activity. And you can see there was an effort by the Democrats, both in the courts and in this document that Mark Elias wrote, the four pillars, to get this practice legalized, to overturn the bans on harvesting. Obviously, Democrats do this because they think they have an electoral advantage if they succeed at it. But it's important to see that these plans were laid, these sentiments were laid before the alleged activity that Raffsenberger now is investigating. Important stuff. Check that out. A really great, important story. Now, breaking news today. People are wondering, hey, the nationalization of voting rules, is it going to happen? Will Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden bust the filibuster and get a national takeover of state elections, even though our founding fathers intended, as you know, from reading the Constitution, reading the Federalist Papers, the founding fathers intended state legislatures to be the rule setters for elections, the arbiters of how elections are conducted in each state. Well, there are and everybody has said up to this point that the two to watch are Kristen Cinema of Arizona and, of course, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, both who have expressed continued cynicism to changing the filibuster to f- ramming through these voting rights things. Well, guess what? Two more senators, both Democrats, have come forward. Mark Kelly of Arizona, Kristen Cinema's Democratic colleague in the Senate, and John Tester of Montana. They also have expressed concern about moving ahead with reforming the legislative filibuster. Joe Biden continues to run into opposition, not from Republicans, everyone knows where Republicans stand, but from within his own party. He continues to pursue policies and changes that some in his own party can't accept could be one of the storylines that define the Biden presidency when it's done. We've seen it on BBB. We saw it and some of the other policies, such as mandates, Joe Biden running into opposition at the courts inside the Democratic Party, all very important, important uh, dynamics. If you didn't hear this, you can also check this out on Just the News. The RNC, the Republican National Committee, has sued New York City over a law that will allow non-citizens, 800,000 foreigners who are not citizens of the United States, will be allowed to 
vote in local elections. The RNC has sued to block that law before it takes effect in America's largest city. Very important dynamic, very important news breaking. Check it all out on Just the News. Some breaking news there today. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Tamara Farah, Executive Director of MomForce, here to talk about the protests in middle America in Farmington, Michigan, over critical race theory, equity learning, whatever you want to call it. And then our good friend Cash Patel, former security advisor to the President Trump, former chief of staff to the Pentagon. He's here to talk about on the two years after the Soleimani assassination, Iran's threats to retribute against those who participated. Important stuff all around. Let's uh, have a good conversation. We'll be right back after this commercial break with Tamara Farah. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I told you we'd be going to Michigan, and to Michigan we go today. We have a very special guest, a frontline mom on the fight to get education back to some sanity. Joining us right now is Tamara Farah. She is the executive director of Mom Force, one of the projects for Moms for America, and they are in Farmington, Michigan tonight having a protest, sending a message to the school board that had a 21-day equity challenge there. Tamara, great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. It's an honor to have you on. Talk a little bit about why what happened in Farmington. Our our listeners heard about this last month before Christmas. Why what happened in Farmington is so concerning to parents like yourself. It is. It's very concerning. We are very concerned because this is 
indoctrination, nothing short of indoctrination, and I'll get into that here. Uh, you know, first of all, Farmington, Michigan, it's a little town just 20, you know, 20 miles uh, northwest of downtown Detroit, 9,000 students in 16 schools. We will be at one of the high schools tonight. Actually, the school board moved their meeting to a larger high school anticipating a crowd. You know, How about a that? crowd of us coming in, lots of local parents. As Moms for America, we come in and we support local moms and dads. We network them, we resource them, we mentor them. We're not there to ever take over what they're doing. We're always just there to back them up, resource them, and encourage them. So that's why we're here. Um, This 21-day equity challenge that, you know, like you said, we were all reading about in December is actually just another repackaging of critical race theory. Um, Now, it was taught to the, uh, the staff in the district, which is interesting but not surprising. Um, this is a culture, you know, as we study what's happening in schools, and I talk with moms all over the country every week. I, we have ten network of 10,000 plus moms in Montana, thousands and thousands of moms in Florida. You know, we just, just are networking together to support each other. And they just keep repackaging this concept of critical race, which actually, <laughs> as most of us have figured out by now, incites racism, and I'll get into that. Yeah, it's a remarkable uh, moment. So tonight, as the school board meeting is going on, what will a mom force and a moms for America and the others joining you, what are you trying to achieve tonight? What do you, what's the end game? What do you hope to message you hope to send tonight? Yes, we want to continue to uh, utilize this as an opportunity to not only inform the parents in Farmington, but through um, other members of national media that will be joining us to shine a spotlight. Anytime we can shine a spotlight on what's going on in local districts, it holds them accountable for what they are teaching their staff and their kids. Um, This 21-day challenge teaches staff and kids that, you know, for example, if kids are white, they are oppressors because of their skin color. Um, It's all about skin color, and yet they teach that it's nothing about skin color. And we're very concerned about this happening in schools. You know, most people today, most kids are likely growing up in families and in communities that are not racist. I don't know if you agree with me, John, but I just don't believe Americans are across the board or inherently racist. Is there racism? Of course. Is there mistreatment of people? Of course, that is an injustice, and we will all stand against that anytime we see it. But that is just not necessarily the spirit and heart of what's happening in our everyday neighborhoods that are often, especially you look in the Detroit area. I actually grew up here. My dad played for the Detroit Lions. You know, How so about funny. that? I came back to my old stomping grounds. But, you know, so you've got more and more uh, in migration moving out or just people moving out from the city into the suburbs. And, of course, you're going to have a racial mix. This has been the case in these suburbs for many, many decades. So, but you know, never mind the fact that they're not really racist, because when they go to school, instead of focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic, and let's face it, that's what we're paying these teachers to do, um, you know, we want our kids to be prepared for success. What parent does not want their child to be prepared for success and have good academics um, to set them up for a good life and a good career? But this, the infiltration and adoption of this critical race theory as fact actually ensures that when they go to school, they are being taught to be racist. I mean, you know, let's just you know, step back and look at one of the key components of, of understanding, quote, critical race is the definition 
of white privilege. And it's like a prison sentence. I'm sure you've read it, John. I'm sure you've, you've talked about this many times in your show. But the definition is that you possess inherent advantages as a white person on the basis of your race in a society characterized by racial inequality and injustice. Those are such... Um, it's almost like they are absolutes. They are stated as absolutes. Like you're in prison. <laughs> you are a racist because you're of your skin color. And that's what, that's the, you know, the great twist on the twist is that they say it's not about skin color and yet you have no way out as a white person. So let's bring that to the schools and why that's so damaging. Um, you know, and I can, and I can share a little bit more with you on that because that's really what it comes down to for schools. What impact does that have on kids? Yeah, such an important thing. Speakers and people that'll be attending tonight. What's what's the group look like that'll be out there making this statement tonight? Yes. So we have a lot of parents that are speaking. Um, and that's where we wa- always want the focus to be is to give local parents a platform to come out and talk about why they do not agree with these tenants of actually, you know, inculcating racism within their children, creating division between oppressor and oppressed, between kids of color and white kids. And they're not for that. Again, these parents want their kids to have a good education. They don't want this culture of fear and intimidation within the schools. It's not the job of schools to politicize and indoctrinate. The job of schools is to educate. This is what the parents that are in our line, in the lineup tonight at our rally will be talking about. Holding signs that say things like, my child, my choice. Um, I don't co-parent with the government. You know, this is the message that parents have for public schools. And it's too bad that we have to be at odds with our public schools. Um, If we could rewind the clock many generations, um, we would see, you know, most families that are fairly happy with what's happening in these schools. But I know in my lifetime, that whole thing has shifted. Um, It's been a hundred year trend, changing education, uh, you know, the left's radical uh, plans for education. But now we are really seeing it in full fruition. We have a woman that's running for State Board of Education that will join us, a woman of color, Linda Tarver, um, here in Michigan, a Michigan leader, and she will be speaking out at our event and others like her. Yeah, such an important a moment to have a conversation and right in the middle of America, right outside Detroit and then you know, one of the classic suburbs of America, uh, this debate is playing outside. Now, the Oakland County Democratic Party put out some talking points today. They're, they're going to have their supporters, protesters, whatever you want to call right. them there. And they boil this down a little bit differently. They, they say that it is good that we train and teach children to look at a skin color first and, and raise the possibility that the white child is an oppressor. And the minority child is destined to be oppressed, which puts an extraordinary ceiling on a child's vision for their own future, that perhaps they won't be able to be successful just because of the skin color. They seem to think this is a good thing, that they're out there, uh, they have talking points that advocate that. How do you counter that message? What is your response to the Oakland County Democratic Party's talking points? Yeah, well, first of all, I am a mom. My husband and I have 38 years raised two kids who are now successful, hardworking adults, 28 and 32. And never in my, in my wildest imagination would I as a parent or would want a teacher to give my children, whether they were black or white, any ideas that would discourage them or that, you know, as a child, that would cause them to think that they are doomed to a certain destiny because of their skin color or because of the sins of some people in past generations. 
much. So it, it's just so antithetical to good parenting alone, let alone good teaching, right? I mean, and, and we know this as Americans. And, you know, one of the things that 21 Day Equity Challenge teaches you, I'm sure you've seen it because it was headlined everywhere, that um, calling America the land of opportunity is a microaggression. So I, I just feel bad, honestly, for the Democrats if they actually believe these talkers that they've put out. Honestly, I, I, I can't see how anyone would want to turn to their child and say, sorry, you don't live in the land of opportunity. As a matter of fact, because of your skin color, yeah. you may not have the opportunity you wish you could have. How depressing. Now, this issue played large, loomed large in the Virginia election. Uh, Terry McAuliffe doubled down on the idea of uh, critical race theory and parents not having a say in their curriculum. He got beat yes. pretty handily in a state that was 10 points blue before this issue emerged. Have Democrats learned anything from that race or are they doubling down on the theory despite what the politics and the people of America are saying? You know, I don't see them being impacted by the people of America. I, I see them, you know, which I believe is fairly in keeping with how the Democrat Party uh, seems to roll, and that is that they are beholden to those that control them. I mean, think about teachers unions. You don't have to do a lot of research to see how many te how much money goes, you know, that is captured from teachers dues and goes to the state and national level to support Democrat candidates. So that's an old story. That, that's and it, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I doubt if they have a whole lot of room to decide if they personally agree. Like if you took one of them aside, one of the leaders aside, you know, it's just something. There is a, a cabal. And, John, I know you know this. There is a cabal that is controlling our schools. And it is the education bureaucracy at the state and federal level. It is the associations that are funded by the left, such as the National School Board Organization right. um, Association, which obviously called parents domestic terrorists or the DOJ did. Um, these inferences were there. And then also the teachers union. So local control right now is a myth, but it's in writing, it's codified, and it's supposed to be the way things are done. So when parents are fighting to take back school boards and they're pushing back against the curricula in schools now, that would be a whole nother podcast discussion to go into detail of what's actually being taught in, these school, in our schools. But the fact of the matter is the local school boards, as you know, are supposed to be able to have final say there, and they don't. Everything comes down from on high from this cabal. So we really have a mess on our hands, and we just that's why we just love encouraging parents, you know, don't give up this fight. Yeah, no, and this is larger. I mean, Farmington is ground zero for tonight or for the, yeah. uh, but it really is a national movement, a significant statement from coast to coast, north to south, suburb to urban areas. There seems to be a resounding thing. And one of the most interesting things is there's some polling out there that suggests that Hispanic voters, which are first Hispanics are the second, lar are the, the largest minority in America, that they don't like this critical race theory. They don't like their children being taught that America is not the land of opportunity. Many immigrated here because of that extraordinary belief in the economic ladder, the ability to rise. Where does yeah. this go next? We, we get through Farmington, whatever happens, happens. Where does this go next in the debate on critical race theory and who controls what our children learn? Unfortunately, the cabal is controlling what's happening in these schools. And this is why we have seen such an uptick in homeschooling. And homeschooling has taken on many forms. There are now micropods where parents can come together as a small group, 
small group of parents with a small group of kids and share doing a classical online education program, for example, and still have two working parents. So there are so many more options now. Parents, you don't have to keep your kids in school. It feels intimidating. I know we started a classical charter school in Colorado, one of the second largest in the state now. Our kids went there most of the years. But then our daughter, we knew that she wasn't thriving there toward junior high. Academically, she needed extra help. I brought her home. She just told me recently it was her favorite time. So we know that we can't completely change what's happening uh, until we change who's controlling schools. And this 21-day challenge, which is taught actually to, you know, personnel, because it's a culture play, right? What's being taught in schools, they want the district employees to be on board with it because they're creating this culture of racism, frankly. But the thing is, it's already been taught all over the country, many, many schools. And somehow someone leaked this to the media, is my guess, in Farmington. And that's why Farmington is in spotlight. Um, but it's, it's already being taught. And so when schools say we don't teach critical race theory, you and I know we, never, we can never believe them. They're just packaging it, repackaging it, and, you know, recreating it. But and it's just a theory. That's the other thing, John. Doesn't that just drive right. you crazy? The theory is being taught as fact. You know, so many of the parents I've talked to, and, and this includes African-American parents, Hispanic parents, white parents, rural parents, uh, urban parents. They have this, they say this line, and it's so common sense. The second you hear it, you nod your head. say, like, of course, don't teach our children what to think. Teach them how to think. Teach them, yeah. give them the skills and let them and their parents make up their own minds. It seems like that axiom has been turned on its head with the current bureaucracy of the school boards, the school administrators and the teachers unions, because they uh, we haven't talked much about NEA, but the teachers unions are major influences on this, as we see in Chicago, where they refuse to teach children earlier this week for a few days. Right. What's the counterbalance? Does school choice, does homeschooling continue to grow by and create a competition to this all to the system that the public school system has kind of uh, given us? It now seems to be hijacked by one political ideology. Right. Yeah. We at momforce21.com, momforce21.com. That's easy to remember. Yeah, it's a good one. We are really just packing our, our pages there on the Moms for America website with resources for parents. And this one category, choice and education, we're adding to it weekly. Um, excellent, excellent resources for parents that are considering uh, using an online program, using traditional homeschooling where you select your own curriculums or getting together in a pod or a micro school with other parents. Um, and we have mentors ready to talk to parents and a way for them to connect with us in that manner as well. Um, we also have launched this year, sorry to go off topic just slightly, um, an alternative to the National School Board Association. Uh, we have Dr. Kelly Coles out of Ohio. She's actually been running this. She developed right. and is running this program in Ohio. And these are the things we need. We have to have alternatives, right, for everyone from school board members to parents and kids in this environment. That's going to be, I think, the, the greatest panacea that our founding fathers gave us was the idea that there always would be a competitive marketplace in, in the economic oh, marketplace, the political marketplace. And it seems like these alternatives, these competitors, choice, homeschooling, where a lot of parents are having tremendous success, particularly during the pandemic, it yeah. seems like that that becomes the counterbalance that, that tries to force these schools to rethink what they're doing. Tamara, how do people follow what you're going to do tonight and what you're doing regularly? I know momforce21.com is one of them. What other ways can they stay connected and get involved in all the things that you and Moms for America are doing? Absolutely. 
momsforamerica.us, and we post our media there too. And of course, usually you'll, you'll be able to see a media hit, hit quicker, like on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Moms for America. So there we are, and we just love to connect with any moms and dads out there that want support, want resources. We love to collaborate. Yeah, such an important resource and community to find support yeah. and find ideas and, and try to craft the right plan for your children, your school district, your country. Such an important thing. Tamara, I can't thank you enough. We're going to be watching tonight and covering this live at Just the News. And, but thank you for bringing us inside this movement. Really, really fascinating. You betcha. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Cash Patel, the former National Security Advisor to President Trump, former Chief of Staff to the Pentagon, the Defense Secretary, he's going to be here to talk about the threat that Iran has made against Trump officials who were involved in the Soleimani assassination, the Soleimani killing the general, the terrorist general Donald Trump took out with a drone a couple of years ago. Very important essential story by one of the frontline players in that decision. Right after this commercial break, Cash Patel joins us. We'll be right back. Don't forget, support our incredible advertisers, our incredible supporters. They make everything possible that we do adjust the news. John Solomon reports News Not Noise, the new TV show we're starting. Say thanks, buy their products and services, not only because they support us, but because they're great great products. Omaha Steaks, all of the amazing products. Wild Alaska, all of these products are winners. They're great. I use them in my home. I send them as gifts. Uh, You can't go wrong with the great team that has come around our podcasting here today. So support them. We'll be right back. Cash Patel right after the commercial break. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, AMAC.us slash justnews to become a four-year member for just 
$30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's hard to imagine, but it's already been two years ago this month. In fact, last week, when a U.S. drone strike authorized by President Donald Trump took out one of the most important players in Iran's terrorism campaign around the world, General Soleimani was killed in a drone strike ordered by Donald Trump. I think most in the Western world agree that we are safer because of it. One of the people who advised the president, who is part of the national security team fighting counterterrorism during that time, is joining us right now, my good friend. He's been on the show many times before, Cash Patel. Cash, welcome to the show. John, thanks so much for having me, and Happy New Year. Great to be back. Happy New Year, and good to be with you. I, I want to step back, because sometimes we forget how much was achieved in the realm of mm -hmm. peace in the last couple of years of the Trump administration when you were working first in the National Security Council, then as chief of staff at the Pentagon, you had the, you know, the Abraham Accords and you had the takeout of a guy who for 20, 30 years terrorized the world and led Iran's terrorism, General Soleimani. You look back now, all that was achieved, we're safer today because of those things, right? Yeah, I 100 percent agree. And, I, and I, I think you highlighted it perfectly. You know, those things are sort of overlooked. It's not that, you know, you execute the national security mission so you can just get media out of it. But the American people should be talking about important events in history that protect our nation. You know, and President Trump's policies were pretty simple when it came to national security. You know, wipe out al-Qaeda senior leadership, kill the emirs of ISIS and any other terrorist um, uh, that is means to harm to America. And, and look, Soleimani was, you know, he was the number one state sponsor of terrorism in Iran. And it's no joke that or no small surprised that he did not like America. He considered us his enemies. And above that, he was responsible for more uh, American soldier casualties than any one human being on planet Earth. That alone in and of itself would, mean, would lead me to believe that most Americans would agree with you and I that removing an individual like that is not just something that um, <clears throat> was right to do, but something that we should all want to have done. Yeah, no, it, it and, and it clearly diminished Iran's capabilities. I mean, they're still doing these drone strikes a lot in, in frequency, but some of the sophistication of the IED attacks and the planned terror attacks that Soleimani was the mastermind of, they've diminished a little bit. You can see that this had a profound effect on Iran's military capabilities. This past weekend, our reporters here at Justin News, as well as Jake Sullivan at uh, the National Security Council, talked about Iran making some very overt threats that those who were involved in Soleimani's death would pay a price. What does that messaging tell you about Iran right now, the state of mind, their frustration with what they lost that day? And how does America engage them in nuclear talks when they're talking about retributing on American soil? Yeah, those are, those are some really good questions. So first and foremost, uh, you know, in terms of the threat, Iran... <clears throat> By, by issuing these statements, considers America, and still does, its number one arch enemy. And that's why we took them on so harshly under the Trump administration. 
But for Iran to go out and publicly say to the world that they're going to um, eliminate individuals who may have had a, a say um, in the Soleimani strike on American soil is something that is a national security matter. Um, when they made similar comments like that in the past, we in the Trump administration didn't just sit on our hind parts and say, oh, well, who is it? And let's evaluate who it is. Yeah. We just said that's unacceptable. And we took we took measures. And I don't want to get into the details of who and what. But we took measures to ensure that Americans were safe, secure and safe when such threats were issued. So I can only hope. And, and it's a shame that I have to say that. I can only hope that this administration is doing the same. I wish they would make public statements saying they've already taken such measures um, because there's too many people that the Iranians are targeting. And, you know, and there's a lot of people that they shouldn't be targeting, but they're doing so because our media isn't helpful when it props up people to blame um, for, for the world stage. Yeah, such an important thing that... The coverage of Iran has been distorted from the reality of Iran, right? Um, uh -huh. There's always been this idea that the Obama nuclear deal made the world significantly safer. There's no evidence of that. In fact, nuclear enrichment has continued. The attacks on Western soldiers and American soldiers were relentless. Terror attacks in Yemen and other, they never stopped. Iran continued to be a bad player during and after the revocation of the a nuclear deal. But the media has set the storyline that Republicans, by blocking or ending that deal, made the world less safe. But that's actually not true. The The level of malfeasance, the level of violence from Iran never changed from the nuclear deal to, to today. Is that a fair assessment of Iran's behavior? Yeah, look, we look back at the JCPOA, the nuclear deal under the Obama administration, and I consider it a total failure for Americans' national security interests. Look, Iran, they signed on to this deal, and then internally, we all know, as it's been reported in the public, they broke the agreements of that own deal themselves. They enriched uranium to levels for weapons grade material. They enriched their nuclear program so they could have a nuclear weapon, which was the whole purpose of the so-called JCPOA is to prevent that. And when President Trump came in, he took a harsher stand, and he withdrew, and he shut it down, and he sanctioned the Iranian regime. And that's not talking about the Iranian people. Those are very different, innocent folks. We're talking about the regime of the Ayatollah and the IRGC and whatnot. And that's the position you have to take if you want to take on the world state sponsor of terrorism. And you make a great point, John. When you're talking about, when you're talking about Iran, you have to talk about Yemen. You have to talk about one of the leading terrorists in the world who is um, a, an offshoot of Iran. And we took him out down in Yemen, the leader of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. And you have to also talk about Iraq and the Shia militia groups. Those are Iran's proxy forces fighting against Americans and American interests in Iraq. Um, the world has seen what Iran is capable of doing um, overseas to our national security interests. So I, I continue to say that the JCPO is a failure. And you raised another good point earlier. <clears throat> How can this administration engage in diplomatic relations or talks with the Iranian government when it's that same government who's saying we are going to kill Americans on American soil? That's outrageous. That, that is something where the president of the United States should sit in the Oval Office and say, we will not allow any harm to befall any American, especially those who serve to protect our nation. And we will cease negotiations until Iran uh, walks back those statements and apologizes for it. Well, let's talk about what the Biden administration actually did in response. In the, in the same time frame where Iran made these threats, sanctioned 51 American citizens, continued to carry out drone attacks that have been very deadly and destructive in Saudi Arabia and Yemen. 
The Biden administration last week softened its position on Iranian sanctions. So going back to Donald Trump's time, there were these snapback sanctions on Iran, and they kicked in during the Trump years at like about 5%, that if uranium enrichment exceeded Mm -hmm. 5%, these snapback sanctions would occur. The Biden administration moved it to 90%. Basically, enrich all you want to the very end, then maybe you'll get sanctioned. What message Mm -hmm. does that send to Iran given that they've just engaged in a whole round of bad behavior, threatened to kill Americans, sanctioned Americans. What message does that send to Iran? That we can dictate to the United States. It's unfortunately the same message that Russia and China are saying to the United States for the first time in modern history. We, our largest, our, our, our arch enemies, China, Russia, Iran, are taking the same approach in terms of when it comes to national security. The national security posture of the United States has been weakened. We've seen it day in and day out by the policies of this administration or the failures of the policies of this administration. And now we're seeing Iran, the number one state sponsor of terrorism, basically ordering around the United States. And the United States is still willing to sit with them at a negotiating table after threatening the lives of dozens of Americans. If that doesn't showcase the weakness of the national security policy, I don't know what will. I know the mainstream media will cover it, but I'm sure glad you are because the world and our, our people need to understand that Iran is still, if not our number one enemy, maybe the top two or three, yeah. and they are posing a threat to our existence. A lot of people step back and say, well, listen, I haven't seen anything about Iran directly on U.S. soil. Okay, uh, I know that they're fighting a war in Yemen and so they're attacking the Saudis. And yeah, they, they got engaged in Iraq. and But on our own U.S. soil, we've been okay. And the answer to that is that's not true. And I, I can go back to the plot that was successfully foiled a decade ago when Iran was going to kill the Saudi ambassador uh-huh. to the United States. But in November... Just before Thanksgiving, federal prosecutors in New York unveiled an indictment. They unsealed this indictment. Two Iranian hackers with extensive ties to Tehran's government were charged with successfully hacking into a state computer election system, stealing voter registration data, not just a little bit, more than 100,000 voters' registration IDs and personal information, and then using that material to carry out a cyber intimidation campaign that targeted Republican members of Congress in the Trump campaign. That's what federal prosecutors under Joe Biden's watch say happened on our soil with Iran. Why should we be concerned by that indictment, what it reveals? Well, I'm glad you brought up that indictment. And it's not just that indictment. There's there's multitudes of indictments involving Iran and what we call export control violations right. or federal criminal cases. And what does that mean? And why should Americans care? Because the indictment you mentioned and, and the export control violations are Iranians and Iranian proxies in America stealing American technology, stealing American secrets, and stealing our equipment, and sending them back to the Iranian regime to use against America. Iran, as you said, is actively working within our borders, as evidenced by the Department of Justice under both Trump and Biden, uh, to work against Americans. And so not only does the Iranian regime overtly threatening Americans from the prior administration, they continue to live and breathe and work in our societies against our own national interests. And how we can sit across the table from these guys when they've broken every agreement they've ever made with us in regards to nuclear power and nuclear weaponry, I find um, just tragically offensive, especially to those um, who were who were on the receiving end of Qasem Soleimani's um, campaign where they were uh, maimed or killed while serving in American uniform. That can't stand. It wouldn't have stood under President Trump. It did not. But uh, unfortunately, I think we're seeing a different outcome here. 
it seems as though, and, and I've, I've sensed a shift, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I sense the shift in the Biden administration's confidence level, that they're becoming less and less confident that there is a new deal to be had with Iran. How do you handicap what's going on over the last couple of months and what may play out over the next couple of months? We're kind of at the finish line. Either Biden's going to get a deal or he's not, right? And we're, I think we're in that decision window. Yeah, I think Iran, Russia, and China are, are, are running out of the same playbook. They are exerting minimal amounts of monetary funds against America. They are maximizing their propaganda scheme right. on the world stage um, for minor investments. And I don't think Iran has any interest of going back into a quote-unquote deal. They don't care. They've already told the world they've broken every agreement they made under the JCPOA. They've already told the world that they're going to threaten and kill Americans on American soil. They have no cause uh, from this administration to pause or slow down. It would be a victory for the uh, Iranian regime, and this is how I predict it's going to go. They are going to make Americans sit at the tables for talks and then blow them off once again at the one-yard line to show that Iran has amassed more power and influence over the world than America, which cannot happen. But I, I, I think um, we are scarily approaching that, uh, that edifice. It really is pretty amazing. Now, you have been on the front lines of the fight against terror for most of the last de two decades, whether at the National Security Council, whether as a uh, prosecutor, as a member of the Army Reserves. You've done such enormous work in this area. Are we safer or more vulnerable as we enter 2022 to another terrorist attack? You know, I, I wish and I want to say we're more safer, but internally, I don't believe we're, we're, we're more safer. Our priorities have shifted away from Russia, China, Iran, terrorism, Africa, the Middle East, and more towards climate change and rooting out extremists um, within our DOD ranks that don't exist and focusing on a quote-unquote rise in, in domestic terrorism, which the facts and Department of Justice caseload just doesn't support that narrative, but that's the narrative that they want out there because it's connected to January 6th. Yeah. So I wish we were saying more, and I, I think we're not. Just one quick correction. I was uh, never brave enough to actually wear the uniform. Oh. I only served as a civilian. That's um, right. I'm sorry. Office. You're right. Liaison. Yeah. So yeah. I, don't, yeah. Um, I, I wish I, <laughs> good looking back, I wish that was, that was the one thing I wish I had done. Yeah. That's nah, such a good point. I want to turn just quickly because you played as as important role as anyone in the unraveling of the Russian investigation. We've seen all of the recent activity by John Durham. And then you see a guy like a former FBI deputy director, Andy McCabe, on TV this week saying that conservatives, equating conservatives basically to Islamic terrorists, a guy who, you know, on whose watch a false investigation was carried out for a long period of time. Has he not gotten the message, and, and is it perhaps the Justice Department's fault that Andy McCabe sits there able to say such things on public television without having to have the impunity of what occurred on his watch at the FBI uh, stick to his name, stick to his record? What do you make of his most recent comments about conservatives equating him to terrorists and the lack of accountability he and the FBI have endured for the Russia collusion hoax? It is both his ego, akin to James Comey, and it squarely rests on this administration's Justice Department for reinstating this individual who is our number one law enforcement officer in the country after he was fired for lying to federal officials about leaking information um, while he was tenured at the FBI as a deputy director to the media 
for a political narrative. This was putting aside the fact that he allowed and authorized the bogus investigation that was propagated by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Russiagate investigation, which we exposed under Chairman Nunes on the investigation that I ran. And thankfully, John Durham is working. And when you vindicate someone falsely, like this Justice Department has, what do they do? They combine with their ego and their inability to understand that they led America down a treacherous path to go on TV because, you know, CNN and the like will always put them on and give them a microphone. Right. But those are the types of individuals that John Durham zeroes in on. The ones that you think they themselves think can never be had are the ones that I think John Durham is squarely focused on. And I think Andy McCabe is John Durham's biggest target. And I think it's evidenced by the indictments he's produced and the way he's spoken to us through those indictments. And um, it does not surprise me one bit that Andrew McCabe thinks he is bulletproof. And uh, when that takedown comes, I look forward to coming back on your show and talking about it. Yeah, a lot, lot more accountability has to be meted out or uh, the lessons of the Russia case will never have been fully learned by those who carried it out. And so fascinating times. Cash, we always enjoy talking to you. You always bring lots of information and knowledge. And I want to thank you for all you do to serve your country and uh, look forward to doing it. And you have a website, uh, fightwithcash.com. Uh, Tell folks again, remind folks what you're doing there to help uh, address the cancel culture and censorship that's going on in America. Yeah, John, thanks so much for giving me a second to talk about it. Fightwithcash.com with a K. And look, after so many years of the media just defaming people like myself and so many others, you have to stand. You have to take a stand. We started suing. I'm suing New York Times Politico and CNN for millions of dollars. But I wasn't the only one impacted or defamed or deplatformed by big tech and big media. So I started Fightwithcash.com. We're raising funds to help everyday Americans who've been defamed sue. We're going to pay for your lawyers if you have a righteous cause of action and give you a day in court. So I encourage your audience to go to fightwithcash.com. We got lots of great free content up there. We have new merchandise that's up there. All of the money goes back into the trust uh, so we can raise money and help everyday Americans sue. Reach out to us directly through fightwithcash.com. I'm not on any social media, but you can always get me on the website. Yeah, such an important cause. Check it out, folks, and keep in touch all that Cash Patel is doing. He's doing great work every day. Cash, thanks again. I know we're going to have you on the show soon because there's so much news on the horizon. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Salomon Report. So glad you can join us. Great day. A big appreciation to Tamara Farah. Keep in mind tonight that we'll be covering the Moms for America, Mom Force protests in Farmington. We'll have live coverage on Just the News. And again, to Cash Patel on a very heavy and serious issue involving America's relationship with Iran. Glad you could join us. We'll be back tomorrow with some more great breaking news. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon reports the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.